0: the answer
2: yes indeed it is and a good morning to you thank you so very much for joining us We get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all friday edition it is the 10th morning of the fifth month of the year of our lord 2019 thanks for being with us i mean it this time last three fridays you got to give me credit I get a lot of grief from a lot of listeners who get mad at me when I proclaim free for all Friday and then have six guests and nobody can call in with a free for all call. Uh, last three Fridays I have kept guest free. I want some credit for that. I want some kudos. Throw them my way. Um. It, literally, I am tr- seriously trying to make sure that I keep it this way. We've been super packed with guests all week long because I've been trying to keep Friday free so that I kind of jam everybody up into uh, Monday through Thursday. So uh, I've really enjoyed all of those guests this week, and uh, that has paid off in some free time for you today. It's playtime. Phone lines are open all. Program long, between now and 11 o'clock at 216 or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. 281 1110 Either one of those numbers will get you here. If you prefer to use the toxic, liberal-dominated social media platforms, you may do so. Although I dominated it quite a bit last night myself, I felt like just calling some people out. I, I was not in the right mood last night, seriously, to be on Twitter, but... um. I don't care. I didn't. Some things needed to be said. If you follow me, you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm on Twitter at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. I went at Adam Schiff. I went at uh Jerry Nadler. I went at Hank Johnson. I went at a lot of them, and with good reason. I went at the imbeciles continuing to destroy... Uh, women's rights by advancing trans rights uh, and uh, taking c- women completely out of play in a number of different ways. I just had had about enough of it last night. So anyway, that's on Twitter. If you want to read it, check it out. Uh, comment and uh, comment on what we're talking about today. You can do so as well. France Radio on Twitter, also on Facebook. I did the same thing on Facebook. Wow. I, it's all coming to me now, just realizing it actually, how busy I was last night on social media, posting a lot of different stories that I think of uh, are of, of great importance to us and uh, commenting on them as well. So if you want to follow me in those places and make your comments at France Radio, Twitter and Facebook, Twitter and Facebook, F-R-A-N-T-Z, radio uh so much different ground to cover today I'm, I'm going to start with the democrats claim of a constitutional crisis and then we're just going to expose it for what it is in do in very short order uh it, it's it's going to be very easy to do they made it easy for us thanks to one of the dumbest human beings in uh uh um the halls of congress ever to work on capitol hill a demon rat named uh, hank johnson will talk about him in a moment but um they're calling this a constitutional crisis. This is this is what they've done now. Jerry Nadler, the Judiciary Committee Chair, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and other. This is a constitutional crisis, which I find really quite staggering, considering it is the Democrat Party, or otherwise known as Demon Rat Party, or POD, the party of death. Um, they don't believe in our Constitution, so why do they care if it's in crisis? I mean, seriously, they're trying to trample on it all day, every day. All day, every day. They try to trample on the First Amendment by taking away religious liberty. They try to trample on the Second Amendment by taking away your right to keep and bear arms. I mean, honestly, this, this is, a, this is a, a party and a movement that is doing everything they can to make the Constitution of the United States, Bill of Rights included, obsolete. And now they're talking about a constitutional crisis. What was once Donald Trump personally colluded with Vladimir Putin to steal the 2016 election for the Kremlin is now, why won't the Attorney General release the entire unredacted version of a report that exonerates the president of collusion? Doesn't quite have the same bite. So Democrats have moved from conspiracies about Russia to conspiracies about the report debunking the conspiracy. That from David Harsanyi in the New York Post. From the Wall Street Journal editorial, editorial board, America is in a constitutional crisis. Trump administration officials have decided they're not going to honor their oath of office. President Trump is almost self-impeaching and is every day demonstrating more obstruction of justice. All of these are quotes in the last 48 hours from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who will soon have to hire a lexicographer, to come up with new ways to say that Mr. Trump is committing impeachable offenses. How many synonyms are there for obstruction? Yet Ms. Pelosi and House Democrats refuse to even begin a formal impeachment inquiry. If Mr. Trump is so disrespectful to the Constitution and so in violation of the separation of powers, writes the Wall Street Journal, what are they waiting for? And the answer is, of course, they have nothing to file impeachment articles over. That's why they can't, that's why they're continuing to play these games. Let's waste time going after Bill Barr, who's not complying with an order we gave him because of the pesky little reason that it's against the law for him to do so. We gave him an unlawful order to turn over uh, documents and uh, uh, the full, unredacted version of the Mueller report to us. Can't do it by law, but let's to spend some time trying to chop him down. I mean, this is there's so much so much ground to cover. here, I'm going to try to do my best. By the way, Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan, our my congressman. I happen to live in his district. I live in his district, and I'm very very proud to say that he is my congressman. That's not to say that others can't be and should be proud either. But he is doing the work of the people, as well as if not better than anybody else in on the hill right now. Jim Jordan, on Wednesday, when the House Judiciary Committee voted 22-12 to to hold Bill Barr in contempt of Congress for refusing to break the law. And that's what it is. Refusing to break the law. Um, Jim Jordan responded. He, of course, is on the Judiciary Committee and told the truth. He told the truth about what is going on right now. And what is going on right now is they are trying to destroy Bill Barr. They're trying to mock him. They're trying to by holding him in contempt by voting in that committee uh, to hold him in contempt. They'll get the full Congress, uh, House vote to do that as well. As you know, they are attempting to force him to break the law. And the reason they're trying to to, uh, to destroy him is because, as Jim Jordan said, they know he's gone. He's on to them. He is already assembling an investigative team to investigate all of them. He's going to tear it down. He is going to tear down the entire operation that was started under the Obama administration. The corrupt DOJ under Loretta Lynch giving marching orders to Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and the rest of them at uh, uh, at the uh, uh, FBI. The Clinton campaign paying for the phony dossier. Bill Barr isn't going to let this sit. Bill Barr is an active attorney general who, of course, is empowered because he did not recuse himself as the former attorney general. Jeff Sessions did. Uh, he can't, you know, Sessions couldn't have done anything having to do with this Russia investigation or the Clinton investigation because they would then be tied together. Barr can and has indicated that he will, which is precisely what Jordan spelled out in the Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. They know Barr is trouble as the AG, and so they are trying to get him out of the Attorney General's office, out of the DOJ altogether. It's simply a matter of fact. It's not a matter of opinion. Now, how do we know what the real agenda for the Democrats is as it pertains to Bill Barr, as it pertains to Donald Trump? Because they happen to be stupid. It's it's our good fortune to have... Ignorant demon rat representatives on Capitol Hill like Hank Johnson. It's our good fortune to have people like this who are dumb. Sorry, just dumb. He's dumb. That's it. He might be the dumbest member of Congress this side of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mean, he's that bad. He's Eric Swalwell dumb. How does that help? That that, that ought to put it in context. But Hank Johnson. Uh, in speaking uh, uh of, of the need to get this document, the unredacted Mueller report, why? For in- investigative purposes? No. Hank Johnson, speaking before he thinks, as he always does, and you can just see, you can just see Democrat leadership. Committee chair, Speaker Pelosi, majority leader, they... They're just, oh, God, here he goes. And they hang their heads, and they they can't show their faces. They kind of cover their brow with their hand, and, oh, my God, here he is. Here he is speaking. Please don't recognize him. Please don't give him five minutes to talk, because when he does, he says things like
3: How can we impeach without getting the documents? So we must get this document.
2: (laughs) He actually said that. There's a little context. There is a little bit of a context and I want to share that with you. Hank Johnson is uh, demanding the uh, uh the full unredacted Mueller report as as noted. And this is the manner in which he chose to do it. He literally opened his mouth and said what all of us knew. He just kind of pulled the curtain back and said, we are here to impeach. We need this document so we can remove the president. We're not doing anything investigatively. We're not hiding it. We're not going to say we need this document just to make sure maybe we can put this whole story to bed. No, we need to impeach. And so in order to impeach, we need this document. Listen to him in full.
3: And so this is all part of a cover-up. And uh, it is up to this committee to ensure that we get that report because we have lawful responsibilities, constitutional responsibilities to to engage in, one of which is possibly impeachment. How can we impeach without getting the documents? So we must... How can we impeach without getting the documents?
2: Doggone it, we're on a schedule here. And next on the agenda is impeached Trump. And y'all are holding back on a document that could help us to impeach him. I mean, he just lets the cat right out of the bag. Democrats are like, oh my God, he didn't really say that. Republicans are like, <laughs> yeah, he said that. He laid it all out there. He admitted Matt Gates seized on this. He jumped on it. Oh, my goodness, did he jump on it very, very quickly uh, and called the Democrats out for it, uh, which, again, there, it's impossible to deny. He said it. How can we impeach if we don't have the documents? That's all we're concerned about, not how can we get to the bottom of something, not how can we find out the truth about this, that, or the other thing. It's how can we impeach without that document? You must give us the documents. So we can impeach the president of the United States. Did I did I mention he was dumb? Hank Johnson, just let me throw this out there for you. Hank Johnson is the same Hank Johnson, Democratic representative from Georgia, uh, 4th District of Georgia, who once asked a military general if it's wise to put troops on the island of Guam because it could be dangerous. How? You may ask. Um, here's how. ...island that at its widest level is, what, 12? You missed the very beginning of that. I'm going to start that again. Here you go.
4: This is a, uh island that at its widest level is what 12 miles from shore to shore and at a smallest level uh, or or smallest uh, uh, location it's uh, 7 miles uh, uh, between one shore and the other is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions but uh, to your point sir I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about twenty-four miles, if I recall, long. So twenty-four miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island, and about twenty, about twelve miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah.
2: I, I want you to understand as you listen to this, why I'm giving you all of this context. I want you to know it's because he's serious. What you're about to hear, which you may have never heard before, I don't know. What you're about to hear is so absurd that he would later claim that he was joking. But as you can hear, he's very serious. He wants the dimensions. How wide is the island of Guam at its widest point? How narrow at its narrowest point? How long is it? Very serious questions of a military general. Uh, my fear is that uh, the whole island will
4: uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Uh- we don't anticipate that the uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000, and again with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. The whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize.
2: This is, this is an, um, he is still, he is still a sitting representative in the United States Congress. This man who has an IQ that probably matches his age said this in 2006, 13 years later, the people of his district in Georgia are still happy with him representing them in Congress. He wondered whether an island would tip over if they put a few more Marines on it. He thought maybe it's a bad idea because it could tip. It's only a small island. You realize it could capsize? He said this in 2006. Now in 2019, he's letting the cat out of the bag on impeachment. That's right. How can we impeach?
3: Right, Hank Johnson? How can we impeach without getting the documents? So we must get this document.
2: Here's your prize winner, Democrats. Here is your prize winner. Back after this. 9 we continue A.M. 14-20, The Answer. We are guest-free today, as noted, so it is a free-for-all Friday. Any topics from the week that... Uh, you have not gotten to talk about, you can do that. Anything that's brand new that we have not talked about, you can do that. Anything you want to uh, comment on uh, is fair game today. I do have a lot of audio that I want to share. I'm going to give you some of Jim Jordan coming up in a while as well. Uh, if you want to hear any more of the um, <laughs> of the intellectual stylings of Hank Johnson, Hank Guam tipping over Johnson, we can do that. Um, they're trying to destroy... Bill Barr, because Bill Barr again is uh, is about to just kind of uh, you know uh, uh, pop the lid off of the entire thing and and bring everybody down with him. There's a great explanation that I've uh, re- uh, posted on Facebook. There's a great explanation of how this whole thing began that it brought it'll bring us from where we were, where it started, to where we are today. President Trump having been uh, essentially acquitted, if that's the right word to use. Cleared, uh, in, of, of collusion and unable to prove any obstruction either by way of the Mueller report, uh, after two years and 25 to 35 million dollars, depending on who you believe, uh, of, of expenditures. Um, There's a great summary done by Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. It's a great summary. It's about four and a half minutes long, and it's worth our time. I'm going to share that with you when we come back after the bottom of the hour news. And this is the best explanation, I think, and I'm just kind of following the the headline on it. In my opinion, it's accurate. Probably the best explanation of the Russia hoax from inception by way of the dirty dossier and oppo research being done on behalf of the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign used uh, through the FISA court to uh, get a document, or excuse me, to get a warrant to spy—literally, spy. Don't hide from the word now, demon rats. You've used it. Uh, spy on the Trump campaign to the two years of uh, investigations to where we are now with the acquittal, if you will, of the president, and yet the Democrats' refusal to look, to accept the results of the Mueller report and to continue with their ongoing attempts toward impeachment. So it's really the best explanation of the whole Russia hoax from start to where we are now. I think. Uh, that's available. I'm going to share that with you when we come up. And also, I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever known anyone with a split or multiple personality disorder? All right? Uh, and that could be family member, friend, uh, acquaintance, worker, co-workers, kid, whatever the case might be. Have you ever known anybody with a multiple personality or split personality disorder? I'm going to ask you an important question. That question will be on the other side of the news, which is coming up now at 9.30 on AM 1420. The All right, 9.36, we continue on this free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob Brantz Authority, guest-free. Uh, it is a Friday. It is an important Friday, by the way. I want to remind you of the Spring Freedom Banquet tonight. Um, I'm really looking forward to this uh, in uh, Akron at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. Uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance, uh, their Spring Freedom Banquet featuring Congressman Bill Johnson, featuring historian Bill Federer, a video presentation by uh, Senator Rob Portman, and all of those who have been very integral to the um, uh, passage of a law that will allow the D-Day prayer uh, read to the American people as we, of course, storm the beaches uh, of France to, lim- uh, to uh, liberate Europe from the Nazi advancement and uh, the Nazi regime as a whole. To add that prayer to the World War II memorial. Uh, I've been telling you about it all week. I had Chris Long on um, with the Art Christian Alliance. I had Bill Johnson on. I had Rob Portman on. I had Bill Federer on. I had all the primary people on because it, this is this important to us. If you would like to donate to the cause, um, it literally is going to cost um, – I, well, I don't want to say literally. I remember Chris Johnson, or Chris Along rather, saying, uh, uh, give me the big number. I know our goal is to raise $500,000 toward that cost through the Ohio Christian Alliance. If you'd like to donate, uh, to, uh, put that prayer on the World War Two memorial, please go to ohioca.org, ohioca.org. That's the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Click the donate button and see if you can help us get this done. It's a really, really important event. It's going to be a great, uh, event tonight. All right. I asked you a question right before the break, right? have you ever known anybody or do you know anybody now that suffered from split or multiple personality disorder? Somebody who thought they were two people or multiple people, more than two. Did you, if you knew them, did you participate in and encourage their delusion by treating them as if they were indeed many different people rather than one person with a serious psychological disorder? Did you actually treat them as different people, hang out with one and hang out with the other, as if this is all just fine and dandy, or did you suggest there needs to be treatment here? That's a mental disorder. Ask you a second question. You ever known a very thin friend or family member, perhaps? Maybe this is in your own past. Maybe you've had this problem and experienced this yourself. Very thin but no matter how much you looked at your rail-thin and sometimes bone-protruding body in the mirror, you thought you were fat? Or the person that you knew did, did uh, did you encourage that and say, yeah, you know, you're right, you are putting on a little bit there. Maybe you should, uh, uh, maybe you should uh, do something about that. Or did you say, no, you're not fat, you're skinny, and in fact what you're doing right now is very unhealthy, we need to get you treatment. My point to these questions is, why is it that for most psychological disorders when people think they are something that they're not like many people or fat when they're skinny or whatever the case might be why is it with with, with most most psychological disorders we all say wow um I care about you I want to get some treatment for you because you're obviously not seeing things uh correctly um you're 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 only one person you're you're a skinny person um, this anorexia that you're suffering from, that you've coupled with bulimia, uh, is, is, is really, really unhealthy. We're going to get treatment. Why is it we do that for some but not all? I ask that with this backdrop. In Colorado earlier this week, at the Highlands Ranch STEM School in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, uh, there was a terrible shooting, as you know. One student was killed. Eight others were injured. Uh, in a shooting that was carried out by one adult and one minor, um, one of which is a female named Maya McKinney, who is indeed exactly that a female. But yesterday in court, the lawyers for this suspect, who is in court and on trial for murder and attempted mass murder for shooting up a school, was more concerned that the judge call his female client with male pronouns. The 16-year-old Maya McKinney is a female who thinks she's male. A transgender person, in other words. And the court, or excuse me, the lawyer, is demanding that the court refer to the murderous client, by those pronouns. This female appeared in court on Wednesday, shackled at the wrists and and ankles, because she's a murderer. Arapahoe County District Attorney George Brochler said that he still has not decided whether to charge McKinney as an adult or not with this very adult crime. But we do know that McKinney, who is being held for murder... And attempted murder, attempted mass murder, along with the 18-year-old Devin Erickson, is a woman, is a female teenager. And they are more concerned with her uh, transgender pronoun rights than they are with the fact that she uh, participated in the killing of one and the attempted killing of many, many more. They are engaging in this ridiculous fantasy they are engaging in this psychological psychological disorder and asking the court to do the same and oh by the way this story first appeared in the Washington or Washington Examiner I beg your pardon Washington Examiner and the Washington Examiner then dutifully engaged in it as well describing this female as he he appeared in court Wednesday shackled at the wrists and ankles I don't understand why we continue. First of all, the outrage of this should be just that anybody gives a rat's rip what pronoun somebody wants to be called when they're on trial for murder. Let's, let's, let's cut to the core here. This, your, your, your crime here is what we are concerned with, not your psychological delusion. But having said that, why are we so quick and ready to embrace the psychological delusions of some when we demand treatment and, of course, encourage treatment? for others. And that is exactly what we should do. I've given you countless examples of this on the air through the last several months, as this this weird, strange uh, obsession with aiding in psychological gender dysphoria uh, has grown and expanded. I've given you countless examples. I've told you about people who identify as alien, not illegal as in from another country, but like, Outer space-like, like not human, I am an alien, and demanding to be treated as such. Tattooing and altering through plastic surgery and piercings and this, that, and the other thing, their bodies, to look non-human. And, and I've asked the question, this person identifies as an alien, are we to grant that identity request? Or do we say, no, you're a person, and you're just really, really psychologically confused? I've given you examples of people who are literally living their lives as dogs, identifying as canine as opposed to human, living their lives on all fours, eating out of bowls on the floor. Do we tell these people, I recognize your identity? I recognize you as Fido and not Fred? Or do we say, Dude's got some psychological disorders here. He's not, in fact, a dog. He's a human who thinks he's a dog. He needs treatment. And yet, when it comes to biological females who say, no, I really feel like and want to live my life as a man, do we say, no, you're a female, your chromosomes say so, so does your biology, so does your anatomy, Um, you're just very, very confused and you need treatment. No, we are told you better acknowledge their identity or you're the bigot. You're the homophobe. You're the strange one. You're the odd one. There's a fantastic article that I read before the show this morning on the resurgent. Forget the patriarchy. Trans rights is the greatest threat to women's rights. Let's think about that for a moment. One of the one of the issues of our time is women's rights. Women trying to burst through. They talk about women's rights when it comes to Pay and of course that's a false story. It's just a canard. It's a ridiculous story about uh, 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 pay inequities and so on and so forth. But women's rights, as it pertains to breaking glass ceilings, getting more of them as CEOs, getting more of them as top flight athletes, recognized with the men. Uh, uh, you know, women's uh, uh, opportunities in the workplace uh, and so on and so forth. The patriarchy has held women down for decades and decades in this country, and we got to break the patriarchy for women's rights to be able to be advanced. This article points out something, well, uh, that, that is a little bit contrary to that. I think it's worth our time. The only word that can be used to, do, to describe the detailed evolution that Dr. Alicia Henley authors about her own journey from transgender activist to visceral opponent of that movement is fascinating. Writing at the Feminist Current, Henley's piece reads, As part confession, part warning for those who believe in the autonomy, independence, and empowerment of women. To be honest, I've always been as confused by feminist support of the trans rights crusade as I have been about their support for abortion. Legal abortion is the greatest tool of sex traffickers and serial abusers of of women you could ever dream up or imagine. It's a quick fix for pedophiles and perverts who make a living off of hurting girls and ruining their lives. And it's a license to objectify and discard uh, for unscrupulous frat boys who see women as playthings rather than equals. But for some odd reason, supposed feminists provide these cowards cover by confusing abortion as a means of liberation rather than what it is, a means of exploitation. And it's a similar situation with transgenderism. The idea that a man can be a woman simply by saying he is one is an incredible insult to the complexity, mystique, and majesty of womanhood. Being a woman is far more miraculous than hormone pills and reconstructive surgery. To pretend otherwise is an insult to the entire gender. It remains the greatest of mysteries to me how the leading voices against the illogic of transgenderism aren't prominent feminists. But maybe one day they will be. After all, Dr. Henley wrote how far she came in a relatively short period of time. Quoting Dr. Henley now. Until mid-January, I was a stalwart advocate of what is commonly referred to as transgender rights. I didn't waver in my belief that trans women are women and trans men are men, that transgender individuals should be granted access to single-sex spaces based on their chosen gender, including female changing rooms, homeless shelters, prisons, sexual assault centers, transition houses, etc., and that those who questioned such beliefs were misguided at best and transphobic, transphobic bigots at worst. I discounted those who didn't agree with my belief system or rather shouted online at them in 280 characters or less. I used my Ph.D. in clinical psychology as a sword, despite the fact my knowledge of the science and psychology of sex and gender was minimal. Most people who disagreed with me were women, and repeatedly stated that males could not become female, and while the rights of every individual in society must be respected and protected, the rights of one group, trans people, cannot be realized at the expense of another group, women back to the resurgent now to be sure Henley knew all the popular arguments had the conventional wisdom as well as the language down pat she knew the strategy of name-calling appeals to authority references to the right side of history and all of that I encourage everyone with an open mind to read her full testimony and what took place to awaken her to the dangerous fraud of transgenderism she is incredibly forthright and candid about her mistakes but particularly women and those who truly care about the future of women and their voice in our society, it's incumbent upon all of us to at least heed her wise warning. Quote, Now when I reflect on my switch from being an unrelenting trans activist ally to being critical of gender identity ideology and legislation, I'm chilled at how easy it was for me, a psychologist, now retired, ostensibly trained to understand the human mind to become so caught up in the momentum of trans rights that i avoided critical thought much like the member of a cult and while i'm reluctant to call trans activism a cult i am aware by many disconcer- i am aware of many disconcerting similarities between the two the absolute refusal to allow anyone to criticize issues silencing smearing and ostracizing those who do ask questions in this case, labeling them transphobic, about the ideology of transgenderism, and pressuring individuals from parents to health professionals to blindly adhere to the view that some people are, quote, born in the wrong body, and that the only way to fix this error is through medical intervention, such as puberty suppressing drugs, cross-sex hormones, and various surgeries, rather than with psychological intervention. And much like in a cult, Those who push gender identity ideology discourage independent thought and instead respond to requests for evidence and facts to support their beliefs with platitudes, mantras, and scare tactics repeated over and over again until they become reality. If I could become so easily and wholeheartedly sold on notions like the existence of a lady brain, I fear that almost anyone is susceptible to believing that this increasingly large emperor his brazen nakedness filling the room is in fact wearing clothes. End quote. Dr. Henley is right. This is not a game. Young people are being manipulated and abused. Children are being irreparably damaged. Women are being unfairly maligned and silenced. And unless we begin listening to the courageous mea and wise counsel of people like Dr. Alicia Henley, it is only going to get worse. My question to you is why and whether we will continue to engage in supporting and enabling psychological disorders, trying to treat them as if they are normal. It's not normal. And to normalize this is as dangerous as normalizing multi-personality disorders or body disorders. Uh, i don 't what 's the word uh, for for anorexia and uh, and bulimia, but uh, essentially you know uh, uh, body uh, appearance disorders. I want to get your thoughts on this at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten dial up and we 'll get you on the radio after this. It is 957. We continued about Branson 30 on AM 1420. The answer on a free for all Friday. Anything you want to talk about is fair game, whether it's what I am discussing or not, although I am very interested in the subject I'm discussing. I want to get your thoughts on this. I put this question on Twitter and Facebook this morning, and I'm going to read some of those results as well. Uh, the question being, as I said, um, <laughs> psychological disorders should not be should be treated not encouraged a person with multiple personality disorders is in reality not many different people and so on so why would we treat them as such i want you to answer that question if you can uh bj in north Homestead on am 1420 the answer hi bj go ahead
5: thank you i think this word tolerance has to be looked at more closely we have become a very tolerant society into accepting the peculiarities of human behavior and human attitudes. When I was a young man in the service, I've mentioned this before in your program, I was in the medical service and medical corps in my last six months in the service. I was in charge of psychiatric wards. And one of the things I observed about some of these patients that were considered psychiatrically disturbed was the psychiatrists themselves that were pinning all these different titles on these people and overdosing them, but encouraging the fact that they did have these problems. And I think today, by accepting the LGBT and all the peculiarities in our societies of people being what they're not, is because we have become, too many of us have become tolerant of what they claim and say, and I think that's come to an end. Your indignation with this whole, whole concept, I think it's a very, very important point that you're showing here. Enough of it. Enough of it. You've got to be honest about what we are and truthful, and I thank you for the time and keep up the good work,
2: Bob. Yeah, thank you, BJ. You know, my my indignation is born of two things. One is uh, just, you know, a simple um, desire for uh, common sense to prevail, for reality to be embraced, for... Uh, people to get the help that they need. When people have psychological delusions, um, they need assistance, and I want people to be helped. The second part of it is the danger that other people are put into because of the embracing and the enabling of the psychological delusions. Because, as in the the doctor who uh, used to be a trans rights activist and now completely opposes the entire thing, because of things like the um, facilities being shared, the people who are being attacked uh, the people. How about this for women's rights as well? We talk about this on a fairly regular basis. The number of women who are losing their opportunities to participate in athletic competitions because they're losing their spots to men who say they're women. Men who are physically, biologically far bigger, stronger, and more superior to women. Again, that's simply physical and biological, uh, nature. Uh, taking their, their, their places on teams, defeating them in competitions, taking their world records from them, diminishing their accomplishments. You got men beating up women in, in octagon rings because they say they're women, or octagon, uh, uh, fights, I should say, because they say they're women. You got men running track meets, lift, weightlifting competitions, and all kinds of other things and completely driving women from sports. Whatever happened to fighting for women's rights? Title IX, giving them equal access and opportunity to sports. They're being driven out by by men who think they're women. So, yes, it is indignation, BJ. It is that, and I'm going to continue to share that indignation until somebody starts recognizing the situation for what it is. We'll be back after